final time by Emily. Say hi, Emily. Hello, Emily. I'm sorry, I had to. Aha, yes! I No, I was hoping you would. I was like, alright, I'm laying down. I'm laying the bait. <laughs> uh, this is the kind of fun that we podcast hosts have for ourselves. Uh, so yes, this is a minute number 50, covering 49 minutes to 49 minutes and 59 seconds. Nailed it. Uh, and uh, yeah, once again, awkward times for Marta. <laughs> Ah, this poor woman. This poor, poor woman. She is, uh, every, every single thing in this entire five minutes that we've been covered is just, like, designed to, uh, just, just put her in the most awkward possible position. Literally, she's positioned awkwardly at one point in the scene. Yeah, and, because she, is and it her. also shows you how good of a person mm-hmm. she is to just sit there and take it all in and not react to it. It's it's the kind of thing that, and this is Friday when after we do the wrap up, we're going to be uh, spoiling a little. I'll be a little late about the spoiler. I said this last time. I can't imagine anybody's actually watching the movie for the first time, minute by minute, and listening to the show. And all right, but uh, I understand the value of not spoiling because it keeps us focused. It keeps us on t- track instead of talking about other things. That being said, that final moment when she's looking out at everybody—that's got to feel so good. That's yeah. why you feel that moment so much. Where she's literally standing over yep. everyone. Ooh. Ooh. Good for you, Marta. Uh, but yeah, no. Because when, when uh, Walt's talking to her and he hugs her, and she's like in a position where she's literally looking right at the painting of Harlan. And even the painting and is like, really? Really? The painting has different facial expressions through the movie. I'm not sure exactly how many they have. But they do, like, little slight tweaks to the eyebrows and mouth. Yeah. There's one obvious one where he's smiling. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is definitely, like, can you believe these guys? <laughs> uh, because what happens in this one is that Walt comes in and, well, first of all, after briefly looking at Megan saying, have you been smoking grass? Which is just perfect. It's the nerdiest possible way it. of saying I love it. it. He's such a 70s, 80s dad. Uncle. <laughs> very much they, they go to this thing they're like we like to uh we, we we're going to take care of you uh we're going <laughs> to be we think you deserve something financially for helping out dad you've never been anything but good to him and it's like now's not the time uh, i <laughs> you freaking rich people i know you think oh this will make her feel better money but Ugh, just the entire conversation Oof. just skeeves me out. It's it's skeevy. And of course, it's, again, light spoiler before we get into the official spoiler section. But we see later what they actually think about her, of course. Yep. You know, that's that's that stuff was always there. Um, and I'll say this, I have no doubt that in their we're good people minds, 
they would have given her, you know, a little something. Right. You know, if they if they all got what they expected, if Walt got the company and uh, Joni got the money and Linda got the house. Um, but they didn't, so. Even just, like, the way uh, he pulls her in for that hug is, mm-hmm. like, she doesn't want that hug and he feels like he's has to give it to her to make her feel comforted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because he's bestowing benevolence upon her <laughs> in his mind. At least the hug with Meg it, is appreciated more. Like, it's a genuine hug. Yeah, they have a hugging relationship. She does not have a hugging relationship. Oh. I don't think anybody has. A, I don't think I don't think Walt's own wife and child have a hugging relationship with him. No. <laughs> They're not that kind of people. Donna hugged somebody once in 1983. <laughs> and it was by accident. Um, <laughs> it just reminds me of like Tony Stark. Also... This is not a hug. I'm just opening the door. Yep. <laughs> exactly. The um, the other thing that's mentioned here is that um, when he's like, "We all think that you deserve this because you've all you've been so great, and we all agree with this." I thought you should have been at the funeral, but I was outvoted. Is this the first time that that line is said? Yeah, it comes up again later. It's not as much of a running gag as them not knowing what country her family is from. But it's a yeah, but, but it... it's 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 a bit of one. Yeah, and um, yeah, every because everybody wants to be. What happened was somebody said, "Should Marta be at the funeral?" Everybody said, "Yeah, no, I don't think so." But now, when talking to her, everybody wants to look like the good guy. Right, I was outvoted, which makes everyone else looks like an asshole, and you're just putting yourself on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. And it sure sticks out like a sore thumb oh, when you're trying to say, "We all think you're great. We all think you deserve this." Also, everybody except me didn't think you should be at the funeral. <laughs> So, you know, Marta walks outside, the only place she can be free from, you know, pushy weirdos. But, whoops, turns out it's the pushiest weirdo of them all. Oh my god. Benoit Blanc, who lights up a match, and uh, that's the end of our minute. And it's so funny, because, like, if you're not looking for him, like, you don't even see him. You have to look for him. Mm-hmm. And then once you see that light... He's, it's, it's a, yeah, he's, he's, he has been sitting out there in the shadows waiting for somebody to come out. So that he can light up his match, have an interestingly illuminated face for a moment as he lights his cigar. I feel like he was just sitting there waiting for somebody. Oh, it's 100%. It's, it's, whoever, you know, comes up to him is like, he's like, well, whoever walks out that door, I'm going to be able to put the screws into them. So, <laughs> again, I'm not finding the voice because he hasn't been in any of the scenes. So the voice, I think I'm just doing Jason Sudeikis as the Louisiana judge. <laughs> this yells mind justice. I will be taking my hemorrhoid donut and leaving. I'm not even going to attempt the accent. I don't know what will come out of my mouth. <laughs> that's how that's how I feel about Daniel Craig sometimes. Did I? I didn't mention this in our um, uh, sequel talk, but uh, Ryan Johnson did say that he he considered in the sequel having Daniel Craig just talk in a completely different accent and not mention it. That would be amazing. Just like he does a different, like, cartoon accent every single place he goes. <laughs> One of the movies just give him an Eric Cartman voice and call it a day. Never mention it. <laughs> I don't think he'd be able to get away with that, but, uh, what, what a great idea. <laughs> um, I hope we're talking too much about that while he's not really in this scene. Um, this is a, uh, yeah, this, this, this whole week, the theme of the week has been... What a bad time to be Marta. Oh my god, I know. Especially considering, like, her employer and friend, like, and this is not spoilers, this isn't before this happened, 
they were very close. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, you have this poor girl who experienced what she did, and then this guy's family who are just the worst, making it mm-hmm. so much worse for her. And then, of course, at at the point in the movie where we are, like we know a lot more about what's going on than we did right when this whole when the whole first thing came up, and so it's uh it's it's a whole it's an experience. Ah, oh, this poor woman. And of course, she can't. And she can't say a thing because she runs the risk of puking. Yeah. I will say I'm glad that that was the minute before minute 56 because... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that is... There's... Uh, yeah, I, I, have some, I have some issues with uh, on-screen puking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Uh... It, you know, it doesn't hit me as bad as it hits some people, but it does. I'm just saying, when I was a child, you never saw anybody throw up on film. No. It was, it was always, always hinted at and they were usually pregnant. Or going off camera. Yeah. But uh, man, now you're allowed to do it all the time. Now now you've got characters that poop on screen in children's movies. God, I know. You've got characters that are poop in children's movies. Yes. Played by Patrick Stewart for some godforsaken reason. Well, it's money, one of those that's a shame because you feel like he can do no wrong, and then that movie. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a collective fever, fever so, dream. I, f- I feel like sometimes somebody walks up to you like, mm, "Hello, Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, we've got seven hundred fifty thousand dollars here for <laughs> you. Would you like to spend thirty seconds in a recording booth to be a piece of poop?" It's like, well, I do need a new hat. Uh, <laughs> a very large and exciting hat. <laughs> one for him and one for Ian McKellen. It's it's going to light up and it says Patrick Stewart on it in neon letters. <laughs> I'm going to wear it so people know who I am when I go out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I think honestly the the problem that I've run into this week in terms of having things to talk about is that. We, we've covered, like, Marta's, you know, emotional experience already. And that's been the theme of the week, like I said, is, yeah. you know, things build and things build and things build. And so I think, so let's do the wrap up and then let's go into the spoiler talk. Because okay. I think it'll be easier to talk about that in the context of the whole thing. Yeah. So if you are the one weirdo listening to this show and <laughs> who hasn't seen the movie... First of all, thanks for sticking with us. I'm sure it's been a difficult experience. You're doing great. Um, and but, we know uh, in, a, you know, in a positive light. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Oh, no, that was a very affectionate weirdo. <laughs> um, but uh, we do want to talk about the rest of the movie now. So I'm going to uh, say it's time to do some plugs, starting with this show, which is Knives Out Minute on Twitter. Uh, and you can uh, uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you do the podcast. If you do it on the iTunes or the the Spotify or the Stitcher or, I don't know, probably another Google one. Google Play. Um, Google Play. There you go. Exactly. Castmate. That's one I just made up. But doesn't it sound real? I should um, open my own pod thing called Castmate. <laughs> right? Castmate. It's a good one. It sounds like theatrical. Um so that's that. Um, you know what I just realized, by the way, and this is on my list, which is why I feel bad about it. I totally forgot to ask uh, do you, your, you for your social media stuff. Like, do you have Twitter and, and whatnot? I do. Um, actually, they're pretty, well. 
whoops, I was hoping you would say no. And I'd be like, oh, good. No, no. hard <laughs> But it's pretty much the same as the um, the show names. So, like, oh, well, uh, for the Danny Phantom podcast, Going Cast, it's at Going Cast, G-O-I-N, Cast. And then for Cousin Spiracy mm-hmm. Theories, it's actually at Cousin Pod. I did not choose that name. Twitter chose it for me, and I loved it so much that I kept it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. I was going to say, like, oh, that's too bad if you didn't get what you wanted. But no, honestly, that's a yeah, good one. Yeah, my cousin's like, oh, that's just uncomfortable. And I'm like, good. Because <laughs> that's the kind good. of family we you are. You developed a theory about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm uh, Tinseltown Mayor on Twitter. You'll get uh, approximately an equal mix of um, uh, about half uh, talking about uh, Christmas movies, superhero films, and other such uh, nice things, and about half of me screaming at people about politics, which is a habit I'm trying to break, but not until the summer starts, <laughs> because we got we all have to have our stress releases. <laughs> So that's us. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, uh, we've already uh, mentioned your shows. Uh, I have not only Tinseltown, which was mentioned on Monday, but also New and a Bit Alarming, which covers uh, any way that stories can be told multiple times, including uh, sequels, remakes, adaptations, uh, and what we call the perpetual franchise, which is something like, well, we talked about Scooby-Doo already, where there's always going to be a new version of it being made, and sometimes it'll be good, and sometimes it'll be freaking Bill Nye fights the Scarecrow. Or 98% of it, it has Frank, uh, I was going to say Frank Grimes, that's The Simpsons, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Fra- Frank, Frank Welker, Welker as Fred. <laughs> uh, almost uh, almost entirely from 1969 up until Except present. Except for that Actually, one movie where they just made, and the entire cast is like, WTF. Uh, well, except Frank Walker was still in that oh, movie because he still played Scooby Doo. Right. So he the only well, thing was... is he didn't play Fred. So the ninety eight percent still mm-hmm. sticks. Yeah, yep. no, that was, uh, that was Zac Efron. Listen, I love me some Zefron, but that is a weird choice. He was because uh, it was Don Messick was the original Scooby, right. and then um, when he died, they switched it with a bunch of other people a few times. The like, 90s it was Scott Hines for a while. I don't Scooby remember. voice era. Yeah. And then um, uh, they finally were just like, look, we got Welker. We might as well give I it know. to him. And so the the strange one, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is actually not a bad movie. It's a better Scooby-Doo movie than any of the live action ones. Um, it's such a good Scooby-Doo movie. But Billy West is a terrible Shaggy. Um, he's not a good Shaggy. He's not. And that's like... He's also not... I also find him weird as Bugs Bunny, which is part of my issue with Space Jam. Because uh-huh. I know it's Bugs, I know it's Bugs Bunny, but I also know it's Billy West. Yep. So and, I can't hear them separated. And nothing too much against the guy. He's a great Elmer Fudd. But this is what we were talking about recently on New and a Bit Alarming, where we we did an episode on Space Jam uh, as a a function of the perpetual Looney Tunes franchise and how it is uh, mm-hmm. kind of a terrible use of the characters and the setting and. It's a weird, like, yeah. Michael Jordan hagography that happens to have some Looney Tunes in it. Uh, and in the weirdest, like, shoehorned-in way possible. Uh, but other recent episodes, we did the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV series, which most people don't even know existed. Um, oh, I remember that <laughs> right? show. It was, it was, we, were, we surprisingly enjoyed that. Uh, we covered The Watch, uh, which is a recent adaptation of books, and we're going to be getting into our next... A uh, big uh, series coming up soon where we spend some time going into depth, uh, Knives Out Minute style, if you will, only we do like 10 minutes at a time. Uh, I think we're probably, we haven't quite decided, probably going to be the live, the 
sorry, even I, I did it by accident. The remake of The Lion King, which everybody kept calling live action, even though it's just still action. animated. It's not live action. It's no. still animated. It's And I didn't watch it. Yeah, no. It's... And I will not. Because somebody was like, hmm, this cartoon is good, but what if uh, it was a weird-looking cartoon and none of the characters could make facial expressions? Mm. It's... Like, listen, I, well, I can't say I love, but I enjoy the Disney live actions for the most part. I loved Aladdin. I think know? Aladdin was really good. I... Yeah. Loved Aladdin. We we did a um, we did I a really ten episode Cinderella. run on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast didn't need to be made. The okay, <laughs> long as we're talking about it, the show started new and a bit alarming, hence the name of the show, with like an eight, right. an eighty episode deep dive into all the stupid choices that were made um, when they did. The episodes were like five to ten minutes each, and it was just we would <laughs> we would watch the movie until we found something to complain about that we would stop and record an episode. And it's fun. Like, I know this makes it sound like a very angry episode, but it's mostly just goofing around with friends and having, like, crazy conversations. Right. Um, but when we decided to And it's it crazy, going, though, because you think about... Yeah, like, you think about that movie, it's like, oh, Emma Watson is a great choice. Mm-hmm. And then they did that weird distortion to her voice. She's not a strong performer, yeah, no, but she's not terrible. They just messed it up. And it's like, oh, it's auto-tune. It's not auto-tune. Auto-tune is something completely different. What they did is, on like, they were pitch Tony or pitch... Mm-hmm. They were doing something to the pitch. I don't, there's a name for it. I can't remember. But they were messing with the pitch. That's what killed the songs. Mm-hmm. And it's also and like... And also, if you have Paige O'Hara as the original, and then you get Emma Watson, who's a decent enough singer, but not a Paige O'Hara, that's a glaring difference. Mm-hmm. And all of the all of the designs of the characters are bad, and all of the um, directing choices uh, are bad, and it's like half an hour longer, and... You know, it's just... And also, practical effects are still good. They're still fine. Not, everything does not need to be CGI, and it would have been way cheaper. Right? Way cheaper. Let's, just, let's, get, let's get some crazy beast makeup on Dan Stevens, you know? Um, this, but if you're this, into uh, this kind of uh, talk, we do... The the first 80 episodes are all Beauty and the Beast, and then after that we'll do 10-episode series on um, uh, a full movie, uh, or we'll do these, like, in between those, we do, like, four or five, where it's, like, little things talking about some strange... Uh, or curious adaptation, uh, or remake, or whatever. So, if that's the oh, kind you mean of thing... how, like, the Snorks was just an underwater version of the Smurfs? Believe it or not, that's actually one of the ones that's on my list of possible topics to bring up, which is, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking into it, but it's... this to people, and they have no idea what the I'm talking about. The <laughs> two things that I'm talking about, because there's, there's another one, which I forget what it's called right now, but it's another, like, um, tiny, weird tiny society is one, but then the big one of those is... Uh, animals that are also a subculture uh and also fight monsters because they did that with ninja turtles but then you also samurai got pizza cats. samurai pizza cats which is good um but then you also got street sharks uh which were sharks that were also skateboarders yep. you got awesome. <laughs> uh, hell yeah you got the biker mice from mars i remember that uh, and my personal favorite the wild west cowboys of moo mesa <laughs> Which were Holy shit. cows? No one remembers that show. Cows? Shit, I remember that. That were cowboys. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a I don't know if show. we're supposed to curse on this. I apologize. <laughs> Listen, it was worth it. Um. All right, so we're we're still in the plug section. We haven't even gotten into the spoiler section. Uh, but I will say, audience, just look up the theme song to the Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. It is a wonderful theme song. Uh, so that's that. That's our plugs. Uh, I will say goodbye to our favorite weirdo uh, who we love um, that wants to leave now. Uh, and let's start talking about uh, our little spoiler section here because 
everything that's happening to Marta in the context of what we eventually find out is um it's definitely it's it's a whole different situation here. Oh man. So okay. So just in these scenes alone, like she just had this conversation uh the conversation with Blanc. Mm-hmm. She just threw up because she knows that she lied about something. So she is physically ill. She is visibly ill. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff with the family is going on around her. And they just keep adding more on top of it. Especially with Walt being like, well, we're going to take care of you. It's like, she's okay. You know, she's not asking for this or anything. Yeah, no, she doesn't want this. Ugh, this poor woman. And yeah, it's just such a thing. And then, of course, when the time comes that, you know, Frank Oz reads the will... You know, the the will gets read, <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, um, uh, everything gets left to Marta. They turn on her immediately. It's like they don't even wait. And they're like, they're, they're accusing her of terrible things. And, you know, and, it, and again, she doesn't want it. So, like, thinking about just Walt, like, that whole scene with Walt. And then you go, like, further when they are at her house, or her apartment, anyway... And he's, like, confronting her there. Like, that is a complete 180 from what he just said in this scene. Mm -hmm. That they're going to take care of her. And it's like, well, no, give us what's ours. It's not yours. It's such a... Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's got his hand flexing on the cane in that scene. That, that that is but the amount of petty that she comes up with and she's like and he's like you know you can get a lawyer and she's like well with the money that I now mm-hmm. have I can get a really good yeah. lawyer <laughs> uh no that's uh I don't... and that's why I didn't mention this back when we were talking about sequels but one of the ideas I had for a sequel was that Marta starts writing her own books that like she uses Harlan's company <laughs> oh my god that'd be amazing because she's clearly got like a, you know she's she's got the mind for it and you know, she's been working with Harlan all this time. Like, you know, she's, uh, she's you know, learned at the feet of the master, so to speak. Um, and now she owns his publishing yeah. company. So, you know, yeah. why doesn't, why not uh, take she over? She could just continue. And then that's my way of getting her back into the story. Because I think, I, I know we don't technically need her for Benoit to have another adventure. But I like her as his Watson. So I like the idea that she's on a... She's so much fun. Right? So like she's on a book tour or something. And a murder happens. And she could just be ghostwriting as Harley. Yeah, exactly. You know, like keeping the uh, the name. I alive. mean, James Patterson has like five billion ghostwriters. Why not? James Patterson, uh, one of uh, two people uh, at the bookstore that has literally an entire bay of shelves devoted just to his books. Yep. But unlike the other one, Stephen King. Him and Stephen yep. King. There you go. I tell you, book <laughs> bookstore and booksellers, we we all know. But uh, Stephen King actually writes them all. So. Yeah, there is that difference. Also, my favorite of that, like, it's a random thing, mm-hmm. is that James Patterson also has all those kids' books. Yeah, that's, I mean... What is I, that? You know, his whole style is weird, because he does write, like, the plots for them. Oh, but I feel like sometimes when he writes the plot, it means, like, he scribbles down, like, two sentences on an index card and throws it down to all the starving writers he has <laughs> living in dog, his basement. murder mystery, Go. <laughs> <laughs> Talking dog murder made. There you go. I'm a genius. I know the uh, the Alex Cross <laughs> ones are apparently the only ones that he still like actually writes. But yeah, I will say that. I I, th- I think I think Marta would write under her own name, but I do think that she, yeah. uh, you know, I th- I think she might trade on uh, her connection to Harlan a little bit. But yeah, using the um, 
that's mm-hmm. like under her own name is really like that's yeah. how you stick it to that family yeah well yeah a big big yes actually i did think this also because this could be a fun one still have walt running the publishing company only now he's her employee oh my god that'd be amazing and it's like he's not allowed to <laughs> right? make like, any I mean, changes he... unless she approves them <laughs> yep so that way we can still get a little Michael Shannon in there. You know, we won't have to get him fully involved in the mystery, but, uh, you know. His foot never fully healed, so that way he still needs that cane. His foot, yes. <laughs> exactly. He's, uh, I'd be happy with him having, like, a little one-scene cameo in there. So. Emily, it has been a pleasure working with you this week. It has been a lot of fun. This is this is a fun movie to talk about. I, I enjoy, listen, I don't want to sound too controversial, but I like this podcast I am on. <laughs> So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, I will be back with you guys in. Uh, no, I closed the. Uh, I closed the tab that I had it written down in. So I don't know the future. First week in July, I think. Um, I will. I will say this. I know for a fact because I checked out my episodes ahead of time. Uh, it will be in one of the episodes that has Marta's car in it, which I am happy about because, as I mentioned way back in week two, that's also my car. So that, there you go. It's kismet. Exactly. I was like, I really hope that this will uh, come up and that I'll have a chance to talk about this terrible, wonderful car that I have. The brake lights just started working again yesterday. Yay! I, I just didn't, in time. I didn't do anything to them. I had it on the uh, on my list of things to do over spring break, like finally get the brake lights fixed because they've been out for a month. And then they just started working again. I'm like, great. Love this car. There you go. You, you see, so. you checked that off of your list. It started. You didn't do anything, but it happened. There you go. Which just goes to show, guys, I guess the lesson we should take away from this is always ignore your problems and they will fix themselves. Just watch some DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo.